Hi, this is Bron Burton and this is the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page. Good morning. It's one minute past nine. Coming up to two minutes past nine, you are tuned to Radio Marinara. We are the program about all things wet and salty on 102.73 Triple R. Maybe you're listening via rrr.org.au. Uh, my name's Bron Burton. We have uh, Fum Sharko in. I'm in studio. One studio. Fum's in another studio. Kent's run around there to try and get her mic to work. And uh, I think we now have Fum. Uh, are you there, Farm? We are yes. surely here, finally. <laughs> Good morning. It is nothing uh, short of a technical miracle, um, all being engineered by our wonderful Kent, who is right here with us. And uh, we have a massive show for you today. Before we get into it, thanks so much to Tim Thorpe for his wonderful three hours of Vital Bits. Um, on top of his other three hours of Vital Bits yesterday, uh, thank you so much, Tim, finishing there with Craftwork. And um, we have our little to uh, to Florian Schneider, um, which we'll be playing shortly as well. And thanks so much to Retro Andrew for Retro Soulful Bits. And I don't know about you, but um, I really, really needed to hear some Tom Waits this morning. So perfectly timed. Um, all right, so today's program, it's a massive one. And what we're doing is spending an hour um, dedicating our efforts to really looking at the value and the amazing contribution of marine and coastal volunteers who, like all of us, are currently in isolation. Um, staying connected to the coast, it's a huge challenge and so many people physically can't get there. Um, some people we know are getting there anyway. But, uh, yeah, look, as the saying goes, um, necessity is the parent of invention. So first up, we're going to be speaking with Parks Victoria's Mark Rodrigue and Coast Care Victoria's Beck Cross about their combined initiative of designing a series of interactive online workshops and virtual field trips around Victoria's coastline. So this is huge and um, it's very exciting. We'll talk to Mark and Beck about that shortly. Um, then uh, we are going to continue our discussion with bringing in some of um, look some of the great people who are the eyes and ears of our marine environments. And we've caught up with these people a lot over the years, but next week is actually National Volunteer Week and we thought what better time than to bring everyone together and we're going to be doing that by speaking with uh, Don Love from Friends of Beware Reef, uh, Elizabeth Jensen, uh, Marine Care Ricketts Point and also Beach Patrol 3193 and uh, John Duthie who's been a friend of Marinara for I reckon the entire 20 years that we've been broadcasting or 23 years now um, from Friends of the Bluff down at uh, Bowen Heads and also the Bowen Estuary Project and one of the co-founders of Festival of the Sea. So we have all those uh, wonderful people actually waiting for us, um, all sitting there with a, a mass Skype <laughs> set up, which we've made, managed to hopefully pull off. Um, we're going to be speaking with them about the marine protected areas under their care, uh, the special groups of people who volunteer so much of themselves to look after them and uh, how the current pandemic has impacted them and their work and some pretty cool adaptations they've come up with to help people stay connected to the marine environments that they love. Big show farm. It's going to be awesome. And also, if you are on Facebook and you have questions for all of these lovely people who are on Skype at the moment, uh, I'm driving the Facebook page today. So put in your questions. Send us a message on the Radio Marinara Facebook page uh, underneath the announcement of today's show or send us a private message and uh, we will read out your question on air. 
That'd be great. And observations too. How have you stayed connected to the sea throughout this time? Yeah, absolutely. Regale us with your stories. Yes, please do. <laughs> bit of weather and um, then a couple of little uh, bit, bits of news. Uh, forecast for today, possible shower and a maximum of 15 degrees. Uh, partly cloudy, mostly sunny morning. It's certainly glorious over Brunswick at the moment, um, over inner and western suburbs. Uh, high chance of showers in the southeast suburbs, uh, Oh, and slight chance elsewhere. Possible hail in the southeastern suburbs this morning. Wow, what a mixed forecast. <laughs> That's so Melbourne. <laughs> all the weather. <laughs> yeah, all of it. It's all here for today for you. Uh, winds are westerly 15 to 25 kilometres an hour. Um, tomorrow, partly cloudy and 17 and um, really not much more to report with that. Slight chance of a shower in the southeast suburbs. Winds west and westerly 15 to 20 kilometres an hour. Tuesday, we're going to get a bit of rain, but later on in the day in a top of 17. Wednesday, showers easing and 14. Uh, Thursday, cloudy and 14. Friday, partly cloudy and 15. And uh, Saturday, partly cloudy and 16. So I guess the the take-home message there is you might randomly pick up some rain today, but otherwise you should be fine. And most of the week ahead is looking fine, except for some rain on Tuesday and Wednesday. I think we've got some time for a couple of quick bits of news, Fum. Yeah, so uh, quite a, a kerfuffle yesterday at Bells Beach. Uh, there was a shark attack, but, you know, shark attack between brackets. Um, so there was a, a French surfer got nibbled on by a shark yesterday. Thankfully, he's okay. He um, uh, fended, <laughs> fended off the shark by punching it in the face <laughs> twice. So wow. good on him. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was at Bells Beach yesterday on Victoria Surf Coast. Uh, he just escaped with a few stitches, thankfully. Um, Dylan, who is 23, was paddling at Southside Beach on uh, oh sorry on Friday uh, when the shark came up behind him and latched onto his leg. Um, so he punched it in the face twice, and thankfully there was another talkie surfer, a local Matt, um, who helped him ashore. Uh, and everybody is okay. Um, he had a few stitches, but he can't wait to get back into the water, thankfully. And uh, so that I think uh, Matt said that he would go for an evening sesh. So <laughs> it takes a lot to uh, keep those guys out of the water, which is good. That's right. Uh, so thankfully, everybody is okay. And um, yeah, we need to stress, of course, that the sharks are always there. And it's very, very rare at Bells to have any altercations with sharks. So this is quite an anomaly. Um, yeah, so stay safe, everyone, and keep your eyes open. That's it, absolutely. Um, we've had a couple of people who've contacted us through our Facebook page. One was Holly, who sent us a great photo of um, a southern eagle ray down at Fisherman's Beach in Mornington. Essential swimming, she's called the photo, which is uh, which is beautiful. Thanks, Holly, for that. A few people starting to report in on spider crabs. Um, I've had a, a an anecdotal report that there don't seem to be any down at Blegowrie, um, but I've had another report that there seems to be a huge congregation somewhere else in the bay. So kind of reluctant to really give location after what happened last year where there was sort of a, a mass onslaught <laughs> from yeah. some recreational fishers and we know that there are a very large number and we like to think most recreational fishers do the right thing but there was certainly a an opportunistic um, descending down to where um, people were where they knew the spider crabs were congregating and and you know we get very excited about it and, and mention really for because it is such an incredible spectacle where people can go and see them but of course yeah we're not going to do that this year but we will let you know if they're around and apparently they are 
Yeah, they are. And they do move around. I mean, you know, they do move around a lot. So one one day they might be at Blairgowrie and the next day they might be at Rye. That's it. Now, unless you live in a coastal town or a coastal suburb, staying connected to the sea is probably a bit of a challenge at the moment when we aren't actually allowed to physically be there. But as the saying goes, necessity is the parent of invention. Good news, people. There's no need to step entirely away from the beach. Parks Victoria and Coast Care Victoria have teamed up to create a fantastic series of interactive online workshops and virtual field trips around Victoria's spectacular coastline. Kicking off on May 19, there's going to be something for everyone with a four-month series of virtual field trips, forums and workshops covering all aspects of Victoria's marine environment. To tell us all about it, we're delighted to welcome from Parks Victoria statewide leader, Marine and Coast Mark Rodrigue and statewide Coast Care Coordinator uh, for Coast Care, um, Beck Cross. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Beck. Good morning, Bron. Morning. Oh, look, thanks so much for joining us. It feels like you're here with us in studio. And uh, look, welcome to Triple R, Beck. Welcome back, Mark. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thanks for having and- me. Before anything else, happy Mother's Day to you, Bron, and to all of all of the mothers out there. My mum, your mum, and every, everybody's mums. Mums do an amazing thing. Mums make the world go around. So celebrate mums. Thanks, Mark. That's awesome. Now, I thought we might start with your respective roles at Parks Victoria and at Coast Care Victoria, and what you both do there. So, um, who wants to go first? Okay, I'll, uh, let's start I'll with have you, a, Mark. I'll have a crack. So let's. Um, so I work with the Parks Victoria team that look after um, our marine and coastal protected areas. Uh, very fortunate to have a role that sort of looks at uh, all of our marine national parks, marine sanctuaries, and many of the national parks are butt up against the coastline. And really, it's about trying to support our uh, ranger staff, but very, very importantly, also working with our communities to to basically build stewardship, to help build a sense of respect, and to support people who, uh, like uh, like our volunteers, we're going to be talking with this morning that actually give a damn about the coast and coastal and marine environment. And how about you, Beck? How, what do you do? I'm, uh, as you said, the statewide coordinator for Coast Care Victoria. Um, and at Coast Care, uh, our role broadly is to support volunteer and community organisations who are caring for Victoria's marine and coastal areas. So um, they're doing the, the hard work out on the ground and our work is to help them do that work. So we do that through things like providing grants, providing volunteer training. And we have a network of Coast Care facilitators who work with volunteers and community organisations on the ground as well and can help them um, make connections and uh, get into um, wherever they need to get into various uh, departments and things like that and get the information that they need. Uh, And we also run an annual program to engage the broader public in marine and coastal issues as well called Summer by the Sea which we do in partnership with Parks Victoria um, and rely very heavily on volunteers to help us run that program as well. It's such an important um, role that you both have, both individually and together in terms of the teamwork that you do. And uh, it's that it's that real bridge, isn't it, between community groups and what's happening on the ground and from them sort of into state government and to for them to kind of receive the support and resources that they need, um, financial resources, but also, you know, there's a whole lot of infrastructure and a whole lot of um, systems uh, work that goes on behind the scenes as well. 
That's absolutely right, Bron. And look, the contribution of volunteers across Victoria, I really think that's the uh, the whole purpose of National Volunteers Week next week, as you mentioned earlier on. But volunteers contribute enormous amounts of time, energy, and as John Duthie often uh, describes, provides purpose for people's passion, get people out there basically putting their energy in and to helping look after this magnificent environment that we do have in Victoria. Uh, you know, whether it's out there, you know, sort of doing surveys within areas, uh, in being involved in control programs we've got a number of interesting programs looking at controlling sea urchins that we've got volunteers involved with and monitoring the health of our marine national parks marine protected areas our coastal environments uh, really contributing to helping to do things like clean areas up and uh, address some of the big challenges our volunteers along our coast and in the marine environment do an amazing amount of work and the least we can do is try and provide the systems and the support that's necessary to allow them to do their uh, fantastic work so let's have a, a look at um, sort of life in COVID-19. How has the pandemic affected some of the programs that you've been running? Obviously, well, I'm guessing some significant cancellations that have come as, uh, as a result of this. Yeah, from a Coast Care Victoria point of view, um, our volunteers have had to uh, stop a lot of their works and um, stop the projects that they've been doing, unfortunately. Um, so we've been trying to support them uh, the best that we can by just providing information and updates about, you know, the latest advice from DHHS and what that might mean for volunteers. Um, we were able to do that. And also just trying to offer alternative um, ways to keep in touch and things that can happen while you're at home. So um, that was a bit of a... Um, a bit of the reason for the Winter by the Sea program and Mark will go into some of the other reasons, but just wanting to provide some online opportunities that people can do while they're at home. Um, so we've put together a few, you know, lists of things that people can do um, that might be helpful. Um, do you want to go through some of those things that people can do? Yeah, sure. Um, and this is just, um, I should say, a list of uh things that the Coast Care team have come up with and we've put it out there um, online for the community to see but I'd love for community and volunteers to have a read of that and send back to us information that um, about things that they can do so actually they share it with us and we'll share it with the broader volunteer community because obviously they're the people on the ground who know what's working for them at the moment and what's not um, but just a few ideas that we had where uh, now might be a good time to look at shovel-ready projects and applying for grants and trying to seek some funding. And there's plenty of grant opportunities around and the Coast Care team are more than happy to help put people in touch with those, including our own grants program, which is open for another week. Um, and to start thinking about some of those, those things that you might not normally have the time to think about, like how to uh, make your volunteer group or your base more diverse or more inclusive. Uh, we've got a few ideas about that um, and there's one that I would really love and encourage people to do if you have a minute in front of the computer to make sure your details are listed and up to date on Victoria's environmental volunteering interactive map uh, there's a link for that on the Coast Care website if groups are able to go there and make sure their details are there so we can record um, all the amazing work that volunteers are doing and just make sure we're capturing all the groups that are out there and are able to be in touch with them and provide information to them. 
some really good suggestions there, Beck. And it's interesting. It's sort of it's quite a an interesting reflection of um, what I've sort of seen in so many different parts of our current you know existence. Of it's just a, a good opportunity for spring cleaning and um, and reflection and planning. And it, it's one of those you know suddenly there for many people there is time and and headspace to do some of this stuff that we we sort of spend our lives rushing around so much. Uh, and and here is this opportunity to actually just sit, reflect. Um, declutter whatever that means uh, and and start planning as well um, so some really good suggestions there um, Mark have you found a similar situation with volunteers working alongside Parks Vic yeah absolutely so look it's been uh, basically unfortunately for our uh, programs our volunteer programs they've actually been put on hold for the moment um, that includes all activities right across the whole state, so not necessarily just the coastal and marine, but also the things that are happening for our many land care groups uh, working, doing a great job supporting Victoria's uh, park system. Uh, one of the things, though, that was very unfortunate and uh, was partly what prompted us to start looking at some alternatives. We had a, uh, a large marine volunteers forum planned for actually last weekend, the 1st to the 3rd of May. Uh, unfortunately, that one, uh, along with everything else in the state, um, has been pretty much, and the country, and probably the world, has been put on hold for some time. And we've rescheduled that now, fortunately, uh, managed to get a spot in September. So hopefully we will be able to come back and get together in person. But this is a really highly anticipated event. It's basically a great chance for people to connect with each other in a physical and personal way, uh, build relationships. It's about bringing the people from the far east of the state to, together with the people from the centre of the state, together with the people with the west of the state. And it's really all about putting the volunteers at the centre, um, having the opportunity to share ideas, to share the passion, to build relationships and have somebody on the phone that you can pick up uh, when you can pick up on the phone to just simply ask questions about how you're solving your problems. Because again, uh, it is sometimes fairly isolating without COVID, um, but working in, in remote parts of Victoria. So unfortunately, that that program, the uh, so-called Sharing the Love, uh, which you've been a very strong supporter of, Bron and Radio Marinara over the many over many years, uh, has been deferred. Um, and we really started to think about, well, what is the opportunity to try and bring people together in a different kind of way? How can we still provide some of those connections? Uh, so really pleased that today uh, we're kicking off, or at least announcing, uh, the start of a Winter by the Sea program. And perhaps we might talk a bit more about that towards the end of the program. But as you said, a, a fantastic offer, um, again, of online engagement opportunities for marine and coastal volunteers. We've got speakers, we've got virtual field trips, we've got some training uh, in the wings. So let's talk about that a little bit more later on after we've heard from our volunteers. Yeah, Winter by the Sea. And um, this is quite a big announcement, isn't it? It's an absolutely big announcement. Uh, we've been working pretty hard over the last couple of weeks as, uh, with Coast Care, the Coast Care team and, and uh, our people over in PV. But, yeah, we're really pleased to have been able to respond to suggestions from volunteers of different ways of staying connected. So um, when the uh, when the forum was cancelled or postponed, uh, we actually put it out there on, on social media to see whether or not people were interested in trying to look at some alternatives and came back with a pretty strong response in terms of, yes, let's look at alternatives. Um, and again, delighted that we've been able to uh, put an offering out there at least and hopefully people will find that uh, rewarding and uh, a way of connecting. Yeah, I'm really happy, Mark, that uh, that the response was so great because we're seeing this, uh, you know, in including in the Eco Centre, my organisation, that actually people are so desperate to keep connecting with the ocean and to keep connecting with the coast. And whether sometimes uh, using new technologies for that can be a little bit daunting, but I really have the feeling that the community is really catching up 
on uh, new technologies like using Skype, using Zoom for all of these uh, digital platforms now. So these kinds of offerings are really valuable to, to keep people engaged. So very much looking forward to this program. Thanks, fam. That's that, that's great. And that's exactly right. I think all of us have been catching up with our friends, family and uh, others, basically uh, work colleagues, etc. using some of the new platforms and probably all struggling a little bit. We're trying to work out exactly how it all works. But uh, yeah, we'll put our best foot forward and have a crack. And uh, uh, hopefully this is something that's going to be of value to many people across the state. Fantastic. Now, we actually have um, two volunteers currently um, waiting um, as part of a, a big group. Um, I feel like we're kind of like the, the volunteer equivalent of spider crabs. We've all sort of amassed. <laughs> <laughs> not we all, but several of us. We're not piling anyway. just yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get Don Love on the phone shortly. Mark, what do you want to do? Do you want to go through Winter by the Sea now? Or will, should we um, start uh, having a chat with some of our wonderful volunteers and then uh, maybe I, come I back? I reckon let's... Let's get into the volunteers and uh, they will talk about some of the opportunities that are coming up uh, towards the end of the show. And uh, 9.28, you are here on Radio Marinara. If you've just tuned in, we're spending today's program really uh, just catching up on some of the great work being done by so many of our wonderful volunteers around the coastline who spend so much of their lives actually... Uh, drawing attention to um, the coast uh, and really, you know, getting down there, cleaning it up, protecting it, uh, advocating for it and um, and sharing their knowledge and expanding education about how valuable our marine environment is. And don't forget that uh, during these conversations with the wonderful volunteers and the work they do, uh, we are on the Facebook page as well. So if you have any questions for any of the groups or the work that they do uh, or how they're dealing with this uh, amazing time that we're in at the moment, um, please leave us a message. Just uh, send us a message on the Facebook page Radio Marinara or uh, on our uh, main wall and we will read it out on air. Thanks, Fum. Now, next week is National Volunteer Week and it's appropriate that we now turn our attention to the great work done by three great volunteers and their marine care groups who are the eyes and ears of some of Victoria's precious marine environments. We're now going to welcome to Radio Marinara some of our uh, great, dedicated, well-known marine coastal volunteers and uh, really <coughs> speak about uh, some of the work that they do, how the current pandemic has impacted them and their work and some pretty cool adaptations they've come up with to help people stay connected to the marine environments that they love. So... From west to east, let's start with west. It's a big welcome to, uh, firstly, from Friends of the Bluff, Barwon Estuary Project and Festival of the Sea, John Duthie. Good morning, John. Morning, Bob. Morning, fam. How are you both? Yeah, good. We're welcome. <laughs> from uh, Marine Care Ricketts Point and Beach Patrol 3193, Elizabeth Jensen. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning to you all. Wonderful to have you with us. And um, we tried to get him on Skype, but we've got him on the phone from um, Friends of Beware Reef, Don Love. Good morning, Don. Yes, good morning, you all. Wonderful to have the three of you with us in the same time space. Um, look, this is so great. And, Mark, is this sort of feeling a bit like a, a mini version of what sharing the love is all about? <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely it is. It's, it's really what it's about, connecting these amazing people who uh, and standing back and just letting the magic happen. Fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, Don, I thought we might start with you, um, and I'm keen to speak with all three of you about your respective marine sanctuaries and marine parks, and uh, I know how proud of your specific you know, marine protected areas you are. Don, let's start with you and Beware Reef Marine Park. Can you tell us a little bit about the park that you and your group looks after? 
Uh, well, yeah, but we're reefs uh, up in Far East, Gippsland. It's uh, off a place called Cape Conran, about five kilometres to the southeast. It's virtually just a lump of rock sticking out of the water. It looks like the back of a whale. And um, yes, it's uh, it's probably a very, very interesting spot in that. Um, it's probably a bellwether to um, some of the effects of climate change. Like when I started diving it back in the early 70s, it was absolutely a beautiful spot. You wouldn't find a better spot. But then we had uh, the long swine sea urchin come and slaughter the place late 90s. And um, it would just about make you cry. Um, just went back to bare rock and nothing else. And, um, yeah, it was caused uh, by, you know, a northern species of sea urchin that just... Absolutely ate their way through all the biodiversity on the reef. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at um, at, the state, at this stage, yeah. So when you say northern species of sea urchin, that's an Australian species of sea urchin that sort of travelled down from the, the more sort of northern part of the east coast? Yeah, yeah. Look, it uh, used to be um, up in um, New South Wales and, uh, of course, it got out of balance because, you know, what do human beings do? You know, you take the crayfish and you take the blue grope and all the predators away and then the, the animal has free reign and, um, you know, that, that happened down here a bit, but also the uh, the waters are warming too. So, you know, we had a winter there in the late uh, 1990s that never got below 13 and a half degrees so the species could breed quite satisfactorily and uh, yeah the numbers just absolutely went through the roof. And, and Don how do you guys record this because obviously you, you are out there a lot and, uh, and, and, and you see this all in an observational way. Um, how do you work with, with uh, Parks Victoria for example to, to keep a record of these things? Well, um, we got involved, oh, I think it was 2008, um, well, yes, around that time with uh, the University of Tasmania through their Reef Life Survey Program and um, we actually did a course and became, um, you know, uh, citizen scientists and um, the citizen scientists got out more than, more than the real boys. So um, we catalogued uh, over a 10-year period or more um, what was happening on the reef and... Uh, you know, the numbers of urchins and, um, you know, you could go back through the data and see what happened over the years and, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the ways. Plus also we, we got out there a lot more than what we do now, but um, in those days, you know, you didn't have OH&S rearing its ugly head, so, you know, you could get out there in the water a lot, lot easier and quicker and cheaper and, um, yeah, that um, meant that uh, the reef was monitored very, very um, regularly over 12 months of the year, year in, year out. Um, Don, can you tell us a little bit about the friends group that you're part of? And uh, like all friends groups, we realised when we were planning this program today that your group has been around, I'm guessing, about 18 years, maybe even longer. But it's 18 years since marine uh, national parks and sanctuaries were declared um, in Victoria. We, we, I'm, I'm still gobsmacked that it's been 18 years. But um, can you tell us a bit about the group, the people who you work with? Yeah, well, we sort of morphed out of uh, <laughs> uh, the Bairnsdale Scuba Club, really, um, way back in the late 90s. And um, a guy called John Aarons, he was a bit of a fanatic on um, photography and stuff. I was more a hunter-gatherer at that stage and a shipwreck basher and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, look, we um, got into this sort of stuff. We started to do um, presentations around caravan parks and stuff. And then um, 
after 2002, after the marine parks were gazetted, um, we were approached by Mike Irvine up at uh, Parks Vic in Orbos to uh, start a friends group. And um, we've just gone from strength to strength. Um, we don't often get to wear reef now because we've got so many other projects on. So, uh, you know, we're spread out, but we've got different people and a lot of, you know, one of my my sons is into it and a couple of other younger people. So uh, we've sort of changed our, um, you know, what we do a little bit, but uh, we still do the same thing but different varieties now. And also I'm getting a bit older too, so uh, that has its bit of a problem. <laughs> the work that your group has, has done is just amazing. I was wondering if we could just go through a few of the projects in particular and then I'm pretty keen to um, to draw in John and Elizabeth to the conversation as well. Let's um, let's talk about the urchin project. We, we sort of started talking about the urchins and the, some of the work that you've been doing. Can you talk us through some of the, the great, and we've just got to really emphasise this again, this is all volunteer work that your group does. Can you talk us through um, your urchin project? Yeah, well, the, the first problem, uh, well, first problem was recognising that there was a problem. Um, you know, initially back in the oh, probably the early 70s, was, you know, the odd urchin you'd see, but that was about it. But sort of as you got into the uh, 1980s, we started to notice there were patches of bare rock and there was a few urchins there and the, just, you know, they got bigger and bigger. And then, you know, we thought, oh, God, this is a problem. And uh, we notified Parks and... Um, yeah, we, we had to try to get parks on board now. Um, to my way of thinking, being an ex-school teacher, you've got a problem, you solve it. But when you're dealing with um, these other sort of uh, groups, they, they've got rules and regulations they got to cope with. So nothing could be done because um, it was a native species. So you can't just go out and murder the native species because there's rules and regulations protecting it. Yeah. So it was all this... Uh, background stuff that went on so nothing was really done for uh, ages but um, I did a couple of little trials myself and um, you know that, that was quite interesting to see what happened and uh, I found out with my trials of removing urchins it took up to two years for the kelps to start to return to the bare rock so it, it did happen but it wasn't a quick fix it you were talking years, so um, that's what we did. Now the parks have got contractors in removing urchins from some of the worst spots. So, um, you know, within two years' time, you would hope it will uh, come back to something like its former glory. Yeah, and just so critical, again, the work that you and your group has done really to kind of kick that process off, and it's ongoing and it will be ongoing. Um, wanted to just spend a couple of minutes talking about the, this great documentary, I believe, that you're working on in the Gippsland Lakes. Uh, which one? <laughs> uh, no, I've got so many things on. I've just done two booklets, or our group's just done two booklets on Port Phillip Heads Marine Park, so that's just finished up this week. Fantastic. Um, Let's start with that one. What? Tell us about the dive. Oh, it's a dive guide, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we did two. We got uh, 21 grand to do two booklets and um, through the Port Phillip Bay Fund, and um, that was really, really good, but um, we did a... Uh, species identification booklet and uh, that was completed around the middle of last year and then we got on to uh, the diver's guide which I just picked up from the printers this week and um, so we've um, got both things on time on budget, uh, bushfires coronavirus, everything 
they still went ahead and got done. So I was wrapped with that. So, uh, yeah, so um, we're not going to have a book launch, which um, doesn't worry me, but uh, hopefully we can share some of the, with the diving community, some of the really cool stuff that's around the marine parks at Port Phil Heads. So That's brilliant. And um, just yeah. a, a quick snapshot of the stuff that you're doing in the Gippsland Lakes. Uh, well, we're um, we're in partnership with uh, uh, these Gippsland CMA with their Love the Lakes project, and we're doing a um, similar sort of thing, monitoring what lives in the Gippsland Lakes. Uh, it's probably it's turning out to be a lot more complicated than um, what you would imagine. You know, Beware Reef with the Reef Life Survey that was pretty straightforward. You know, a lot of seasonal stuff and that sort of happening. But in the Gippsland Lakes, you're talking about a, a system that's gone from freshwater to estuarine uh, in a matter of you know, a hundred and something years. And um, what's happening is it's all overlaid that you've got rivers flowing in, you've got bushfires, and we've found that uh, during the last fires, when we were going out diving, um, actually the top layer of the water was this ruddy brown colour. And um, we found out it was microparticles from the smoke. And um, we're just wondering what effect that's got in the lake. So we're still amassing data. So, you know, you never know what will show up in that data uh, that we do on a weekly basis. So, um, yeah, we're just marching on and... Uh, you know, with data collection, the longer you do it, the better it comes. So um, we'll see what happens. Plus, we're doing videos, uh, promotional videos on that as well, and um, got a book in line too, so that might come to fruition eventually as well. So You're certainly yeah. keeping busy, Don. Um, I want to ask this question to all three of you. Have you found that um, particularly during this time of, you know, we all need to be isolated still um, and we know that people are getting out there and, and uh, deciding for themselves that they don't want to do that anymore, but we know that we're meant to still be doing that. Let's. I just wanted to ask all three of you, have you found that this time has sort of really uh, kind of put you in a position to adapt your focus and your efforts? Let's start with you, Don. Um, I live on a farm, uh, so virtually the coronavirus doesn't affect you one iota bar going in town to do shopping, so uh, it hasn't really affected me at all. Um, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, I sneak away diving through my mate's place <laughs> that, that's down on the lakes and I just drive down there, jump jump in the water and go diving. Don't see anybody. Don't, there's nobody for miles around. And I'm just a mobile, um, you know, um, person that keeps away from everybody else. So, But um, other than that, yeah, no, look, it hasn't affected us here because it's, it's just... You know, I'm sitting out in the back lawn now, you know, and there's nobody within about three miles of me sort of thing. So, yeah, right. You know, nothing um, changes. Elizabeth, how about with you and your group? Just um, if, for people who've tuned in, Elizabeth Jensen, uh, you look after Ricketts Point down at Morris, which is probably the best known out of the, the three sort of areas that we're looking at today, just because of population and, and people are in Melbourne would probably be familiar with Ricketts Point down at Morris. Have you found that, um, that the coronavirus uh, isolation Required isolations affected the work that your group does? Uh, it hasn't really affected us too badly at all because, firstly, as you said, it's um, right on um, the Beaumaris foreshore. And there's, um, so uh, <clears throat> what we found is a lot of people do individual walking anyway, and there's tracks right along where the, um, uh, where the coast is. Um, and um, we also um, 
most of our work um, is focused in the sort of um, uh, spring through to um, autumn time. Like we do a lot of work in, in terms of we do snorkeling programs every Saturday morning in summer. And so um, this is normally our going into winter, our more reflective, quiet time. What we found is that we've individuals just go for walks along the beach and they'll check out and look at how things are going. And they'll often post photographs on our Facebook page or they get in touch with, um, uh, you know, one of us and say, look, um, you know, this might be, um, for example, there's a lot of jellyfish around at the moment. Um, and um, just keeping an eye in that way. Um, some of... Um, um, some of our issues are, um, have always been more related to the fact that um, sometimes almost the sanctuary can be loved to death because it's, for those of you who haven't been there, it's the most beautiful place. It's, it's um, very shallow water for a lot of the area. It's only a really small area. It's about 115 hectares and it's about three kilometres along the coast. And it only goes out about 500 metres out into the sea. So, um, um, and there's a, a coffee shop there that's really, really popular. So what you find is for, for uh, really since the mid-1800s, people have been going to that place because it's low and shallow. And it's got these beautiful rock platforms. And they're, they're um, sandstone platforms that are quite shallow. And people can walk all over them. And it's really interesting to see the sort of variety of stuff that's there. And then, of course, um, there's, there's the reefs that are sort of at the end of the, um, of the, um, uh, of the rock platforms. And so it's ideal for snorkeling and for diving. And so um, our issues are, 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 are different. Um, we, we are getting some sea, sea urchin problems, um, but winter is more our quiet. Like, we just had our AGM, which we had by Zoom because we couldn't um, do it in person, <laughs> and that was really different. Um, and I've tried to send out a few more um, uh, sort of uh, letters, um, uh, email letters and that sort of thing with photographs and pictures people about what's been happening and news and that sort of thing. And so Elizabeth, do you think um, do you think the the measures of people needing to stay at home are you seeing a difference in people visiting there or not? Because I mean, I've been in Elwood in the last few weeks, and I had a feeling that there's actually more people on the on the trails at the moment because every it's the only thing we're allowed to do. Did, uh, have you seen any difference in the in the marine sanctuary? Look, it's 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 really interesting. Um, uh, at first, there were hardly any people around. Um, over the last week, I've seen more people around. Um, I think that, I must say, I think one of the reasons why we haven't seen quite so many people at Ricketts itself is the coffee shop is closed. Whereas, like you, um, uh, uh, um, I... Um, I live further north, I live in Brighton, and I also often walk along the beachfront there. And um, I've almost stopped doing it because it is so crowded, because people need to get out. And, and so everybody is walking along the beachfront, you know, like 
from St Kilda Elwood all the way um, along past Brighton. And there's a number of coffee shops that are open there. And so people can use their takeaway, you know, go and get a takeaway coffee and then keep walking or running and you've got the separated bike paths. So that area I find really crowded, whereas Ricketts hasn't been so bad. Um, John, I just wanted to quickly bring you in uh, and ask you about how things have been for you and your group. So we, we're now going, we've sort of gone from um, uh, out east to sort of more central in at Ricketts Point and now over to the bluff down near Barwon Heads. Um, can you talk us a little bit about how uh, current situations affected the work that your group does and maybe just give us a quick snapshot over um, of, of your marine protected area? Um, yeah, thanks. Uh I'm sorry, I'm just still catching up on, on that last conversation. We're actually seeing much the same uh, because the beach is is kind of the place to go because you can't play tennis or lawn bowls or anything. So there are kind of huge numbers of people just kind of using the, the kind of beach area. Um, I've noticed that the litter's changed. I pick up a lot of coffee cups, as, uh, as uh, Elizabeth just pointed out. Um, yeah, again, we... We've also can, uh, spent a lot of time over the past few years conducting a lot of uh, kind of education um, and engagement uh, kind of activities, um, whether they be the physical things of picking up rubbish or uh, fish counts or uh, planting or weed removal, those kind of activities, or their rock pool rambles or their forums, there's uh, workshops, um, uh, uh, that we, we kind of use to engage the local community and also our visitor um, community as well in just uh, trying to get a, a greater understanding and appreciation of our marine and coastal environments. And hopefully that inspires people to kind of protect and maintain and enhance those areas. <laughs> Obviously, those, uh, those kind of face-to-face things of have all disappeared but again we, we there's a whole heap of things that that we can do when we're, we're now kind of zooming photography workshops and um uh, uh workshops about migratory birds and and salt marsh um and we're also now looking at things like digital storytelling so uh we're looking at starting a program over the next few weeks of encouraging people to use their the videos on their mobile phones to to make uh, short films and and reflect about how they feel about the the uh, the marine environments in which we all live. We'd um, planned to speak with you earlier about Festival of the Sea, and then obviously everything went a bit bananas mm. with coronavirus. Did you end up getting to run it? We, <laughs> yeah, we the Festival of the Sea, which we run in March every year. This was the twentieth year. Would you believe if you want to think about how times fly? Um, so we run a, 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 a range of forums and activities and events during the week and it kind of culminates on the Saturday with uh, kind of major kind of festival activities. We got to run all those week-long activities. We cancelled on the Friday night. Um, so our, our school's program, our Marine Science Night and Rockpool Rambles went ahead, our Marine Pub Quiz went ahead, our Connections with the Sea seminar which we looked at kind of Ramsar sites this year went ahead um, the uh, Moona Arts Trail uh, where we had 36 artists um, present works based on 
our iconic coastal tree, the Moona, which was displayed in cafes and shops up the main street, went ahead. And we also um, did a thing with the uh, Bendigo Bank down here, a, a Lend Talk, a Learning Exchange Network talk, uh, uh, where we had three speakers talking about aspects of the land, sea and the sky. Interestingly, uh, jamming 60 people into a very small bar at the Barwon Heads Hotel was probably the one we should have cancelled <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than the out, outdoor event that we cancelled for the Saturday. But And again, they were, there was an incredibly successful week of activities. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to do the, the highlight event. What we might do, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Radio Marinara, we're spending today's program uh, having a bit of a reflection and, and looking forward to some of the great work being done by our volunteers all around our coast. Indeed, you are listening to Triple R, where it's coming up to uh, five minutes to ten and we're spending today's edition of Radio Marinara paying tribute to the wonderful volunteers who do great work around our coast. We have uh, John Duthie, Elizabeth Jensen and Don Love all on either phone or Skype. We've got about five minutes left and we do want to talk about um, Winter by the Sea. Uh, Mark, let's just cover that quickly because I think everyone who's currently um, online with us is contributing to that. Absolutely. So we've developed a program and as Beck mentioned earlier, there's the wonderful Summer by the Sea program that happens and a great way of people connecting through activities, through uh, speakers, through seeing some great presentations, etc. So when we uh, had to cancel the forum, we looked at basically putting together a program of alternative activities that keep people both isolated, safe, but also connected with each other and the environment. So we've set up a, a program uh, divided up into three different uh, categories, the, what we call the speaker's tent, where fortnightly we're going to be running through a whole bunch of uh, wonderful people who are talking about different aspects of our, our magnificent marine and coastal environment live. Uh, we'll run some workshops. So basically each month we're going to be running uh, an act a training activity, digital storytelling, cultural values, awareness, uh, some marine life ID. And we've also got some uh, wonderful part, uh, members of our team uh, some of our rangers are actually going to help to put together some virtual virtual field trips, basically, so exploring some of our fantastic coastal environments, our seagrasses, beaches and uh, rocky shores in a virtual kind of way. So hopefully that, that, that offering uh, can keep people connected and at least see the sea and uh, learn some great things while they're in, in COVID isolation. Yeah, it's fantastic. We'll put a link to the entire program up on our, uh, on our Facebook page. These are happening 4.30 till 5.15 every second Tuesday from May till August. So uh, it's something that anyone can hook into, Mark. You don't need to actually be currently registered volunteer. No, that's right. We're going to make these as widely available as possible. I mean, clearly our audience, our community, our, our, our family um, are, are the key uh, people we're trying to support in this case, but this is clearly open to everybody. And if you jump, if people are interested in finding out more about it, come obviously through Radio Marinara's Facebook page, but the Marine uh, Friends uh, Network uh, Facebook page is a great place to go to, to get on that. And obviously Coast Care Victoria's uh, Facebook page as well. So use the social media platforms to keep in tune, uh, keep uh, tuned in and also for getting details around registering. Mark, one of the activities that, I, uh, that I've seen here at Winter by the Sea really catches my fancy is the virtual reality room where you have a bunch of your staff um, doing uh, explore, exploratory uh, activities. How is that going it to run? Is that a live thing? 
No, that, that won't be a live thing. So that's fun. Using the beauty of, uh, you know, recorded uh, time, we'll be able to take people out and into some of our fantastic marine protected areas across the state. So we're going to do one, I think our first one in May, uh, a wonderful young ranger down at uh, Queenscliff Lockie uh, is going to run uh, Rocky Shores uh, Exploration. Uh, we've got our magnificent dive officer down in South Gippsland, John O'Stevenson, is going to do a seagrass and mudflats uh, tour. Um, our education officer at the prom is going to take us for a bit of a walk along the beach, uh, possibly with her daughter. Um, so looking at, looking essentially at trying to get people connected through that way. Mark, we'll stay in touch with you over obviously over the next uh, couple of months and, and really sort of draw attention to these programs because they all in their own, they all need some, um, some more time to talk about them. Um, just before we let the three of you go, um, Elizabeth, Don and John, let's start with you, Elizabeth. Uh, anything that you'd like to sort of, any shout-outs or any um, sort of future work coming up where you'd like to, uh, just, just to give a bit of a promotion? Okay. Um, look, we're always um, interested in volunteers. One of the things that we do is um, uh, Beach Patrol 3193 and we get lots of people coming up to us on the um, beach. We unfortunately um, can't run Beach Patrol at the moment formally. Um, but we run it once a month. If people are interested, every the first Saturday of the month at 11 o'clock, if people are interested in coming along, it's really a great way to bring your kids along and to enjoy that seashore while cleaning up. So um, please, once we start again, please um, uh, come along. Fantastic. And how about you, John? Um, yeah, we've got a whole range of things kind of happening. If I could just suggest people go to our, uh, go to the Bowen Estuary Project website. Uh, that site's being updated on a... Uh, on a pretty regular basis, and uh, there's a whole list of things you can do while you, whilst you're in isolation on that on that uh, page as well. Fantastic. Hi, this is Bron Burton. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page.